out of the mic but i suppose if i move my head all the way over here it is out of the mic and then this is in the mic yeah, so yeah it's so. a good way to describe it. <laughs> glad we got that clarified just in case no pun intended because uh, my name is justin that's right yeah yeah you're feeling a little stiff this morning i am yeah yeah you got you gotta slip in the you got a c9 disc or oh something. yeah no. Looks like you're doing a shoulder twerk over there or something, you know, you're trying to work it out. I was like, how do you, how do you stretch that one you need vertebrae? The, you, you need know? those cross over the arms and pick yourself up by your elbows. Yeah, you move. That would, uh, That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Stop making me think about it. <laughs> uh, how are you, Mark? I am well. No uh, vertebrates bothering you this morning? Nah. That's good. I, I didn't get my stretching out done this morning, but typically I get my stretches. You didn't? I did not. Oh, yeah. That's because I gave prepping. you homework. Yeah, you gave me homework and I was prepping. <laughs> I didn't get my stretches in this morning. My bad. That's okay. I am good. Did course, you have your quiet time kombucha? I did. I did. I had my quiet time. Good. Like I say, that was that was 3.30. So like oh. I, say, <laughs> I had to make time for the other, the, the prep. So, you know. But I was I was up. I was ready to go. So yeah, a little quiet time, kabucha. The dogs yeah. just kind of laid at my feet and said, "Hey, this is a little early. We're yeah. gonna, we're glad to eat, but now we're just gonna lay down and finish the rest of our sleeping." So wow. yeah, that's, yeah, that's nuts. But it's good. <laughs> it's good. Uh, I I, uh, if I would have done it at nine thirty last night when I received the text, right. it wouldn't have been any. Right. Yeah, it would have been yeah, non beneficial. Yeah, I yeah. hear that. Welcome to How I See It with me, Mark Pratt, and Justin Sternberg. This is a podcast that works to counter cultural polarization through thoughtful conversations. So yeah, but it's good. It's good to see you. Speaking of quiet time, kombucha, you got yeah. me on, on it. Yeah, how's that going? That. Well, I think it's going all right. Yeah? <laughs> you got a kombucha, you got, got a scoby com- growing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then you're yeah, good. It's, it's it's doing its thing. Um, it's a little bit hard to keep it at the temperature they're saying, you know, seventy four okay. to eighty or whatever. Yeah. It's like, well, it just got cool out. So. Yeah. No, yeah. I hear you. I you understand. Got this little heater mat that is like a foot heater, basically oh, yeah. mat. So I got it on that. And, no, is that working? It's working. Good. It's it kicks off on its own. Oh, okay. So, like I have, so it can regulate it at a temperature. Yeah. Well, yeah. no, it doesn't ever come back on. Oh, it doesn't so, like cycle on and right. off. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of one of those. Anyway. Yeah. It's a, it's a new learning thing trying yeah. to figure it out, but it's good. Well, good for you. Yeah, I'm looking that's forward what, to the it's reward. What, it's what uh, we desire to offer is new learning. That's right. Oh, and speaking of new learning, I made a mistake the other day. Other, mm. the, the other well, probably more than one. <laughs> but in the podcast, I was uh, Chris brought to my attention. I was using the term whole milk in place of raw milk oh so for anybody you know that was confused by that uh basically whole milk just means all of the fat is in it's typically four percent but raw milk is non-pasteurized right so all of the bacteria and the enzymes that I believe are designed in it yeah. are available to our digestive system. And when we pasteurize it, we take out some of the good bugs yeah. with the, with the what is not good, yeah. you know, term not good bugs. You know, yeah. it's like the balance is gone at that yeah. point. So like say, I've, I, that was my bad. Cause I was using whole milk in place of raw milk in the podcast. And yeah. And there was some, what we were talking about, you were saying that, Raw, you were saying whole milk, but raw milk has a certain benefit. Or oh yeah, raw milk has the actually the because we're talking about uh, so much lactose intolerance, oh, you know, yeah. today in our in our food yeah. chain and that kind of thing. And what happens is many of the enzymes that are in raw milk are killed in the pasteurization process. So many people who would consider themselves lactose intolerant can actually drink raw milk without the side effects. That's right. 
yep, of, of, of milk and that kind of, because the, the digestion of the fat particles and so forth. So yeah, that was a bad move on my part, but like say, <laughs> that's all right. Should we talk about pasteurization? <laughs> Not this morning, <laughs> so, but yeah, I don't, it's, I guess apparently that can be a polarizing topic. Just yeah. To, we're going to find out. <laughs> That's my whole goal is to find that's out. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, but that's actually not what we're going to talk about this morning, right? No, it's yeah. not. That's not what you got up to do your homework for. That's not. That's not. <laughs> but I did appreciate the opportunity to do the homework. It was fun. Yeah. It was yeah. fun. It's an interesting topic. So yeah. it's about hypnotism. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Yeah. And uh, depending on who you are, what you've heard about or whatever, it might be a very, you might be on a polar side of whether mm. you think it's voodoo and evil or yeah i think it's a viable thing or or whatever you know so yep. we're, we're gonna talk a little bit about that um i first um heard a podcast on huberman labs which i really yeah. like that podcast he, he talks a lot a lot about kind of some cutting edge science and stuff like that um and i think we referenced him before i think more sure like when we talk about neural Neuro, pathways. neuroplasticity and neural pathways yeah. yep yeah that. yep um, and so this is, you know, kind of falls in a similar groove in terms of sure. changing your brain. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he, 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 he yeah, it's a, it's a good podcast. Um, generally, um, I feel like it's a, it's a solid one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I listened to one where he talked about hypnotism with a, a doctor who that's been his focus his whole life. And in fact, his father was also, that was his primary mm-hmm. focus. It was kind of cool. Dr. Spie- Spiegel. Psychoanalyst. Basically, yeah. with the combination of hypnotism in that process, so yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Even you. even that uh, psychoanalyst can have kind of its own connotation. You kind of can go to the Freudian side of things, you know, and you think from a you know a therapy standpoint, mm-hmm. you know. So it's just it's just interesting to think about, you know, as 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 the two come together. For me personally, is because I think you know we can have all of our, our different views. And I think that's a, that's a good part of the hypnotism is basically, you know, we tend to look at things on a, on a continuum and one side might be one might, we, you know, somebody that looks at, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy or something, you know, CBT versus, you know, psychoanalysis type stuff, you know, it's, it's gonna, it's gonna have a differing viewpoint to certain people based on, that aspect of vulnerability and control right. and those kind of things that tend to create polarizing topics. So yours I mean, I think you're speaking from like uh we're all in on this and understand I apologize. What you're so I'll just I'm gonna tease it out a little bit, yeah, but that's explain fine. to me because it sounds like you're saying uh C B T cognitive behavioral therapy mm-hmm. is one end of potentially some sort of continuum where psychoanalysis maybe is that what you're saying yeah it might be yeah. another in Can other you... words in other words when we think of psychoanalysis we tend to think of freudian and all of his and you know it, if you will his flawed research based yeah. on you know over focusing on sexualization you know that kind of thing you know that i i believe they're what he found you know in many cases you know these complexes if you will i think some of that is real in our in our human experience but the foundation that it's all about being a sexual being Mm -hmm. isn't necessarily you know yeah original and and that's not and that's that's not to give psychoanalysis a bad rap in that process it's just that individual and it's also probably correct me if i'm wrong fair to say that that's just one yes one focus of yes. psychoanalysis yes exactly fair? okay yeah what and, are some other and like focuses you, well when you think of like cbt cognitive behavioral okay. therapy you know we're basically you know focusing on how i think you know in that process mm-hmm. of being able to recognize well, quite often, like you and I will talk about the always and the nevers. Yeah. You know, that yeah. that process of the the flexibility of my thinking tends to help me recognize whether whether I have the ability to be fluid in a changing environment or whether I'm going to maintain a... You're what, tied to your script. Yeah. A, an unhealthy rigidity, if you will. I think, you know... 
rigidity can be mislabeled as well. I think, you know, there's something to be said for, you know, I think we need to have some flexibility in life. Not yeah. that, not, and you know, we've talked about that with open-mindedness, yeah. you know, and, and hypnosis for me is, is a, is a similar dynamic. Um, granted, I, for me personally, it's, I see it as another, another gateway, um, if you will, to, you know, the mind and I, and I, for me, I, I do see it as very similar. I have, you know, clients who have, uh, experienced ketamine, you know, ketamine therapy, um, uh, hyperbaric chambers, you know, where you're, where you're floating in salt water, you know, and you're kind of given this weightlessness and, you know, and even some, and, you know, and much of these processes. And that's like a, a sensory deprivation type process. It's, yeah, right. It, it's creating what we what I would call a mindfulness, not so much even the ketamine experience um goes through a mindfulness process. You know, where you you know, you're yeah. listening to certain songs, you know, you're focusing on things, you know, and I think that's so much of what for me, hypnosis can be is this ability to shift uh, states of mind or, you know, and it, and it's a guided focused process. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not saying that that can't have right. adverse, right. you know, dynamics. Mm. And, you know, that being said, I really like the way they developed, you know, clinical you know, hypnosis apart from stage hypnosis. Yeah. So I was going to bring, yeah, mention that in the podcast episode. They kind of delineated between those two, right? Sure. And this idea that stage hypnosis is kind of the the version of, you know, hypnosis that we all think of or, you yeah. know, is kind where of, somebody's clucking like a chicken and going across yeah. the stage, kind of embarrassing yeah, themselves. Dangling the watch. And, yeah. And then you see the little, uh, <laughs> the circle thing yeah. yeah and 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 for me and and here again i i appreciate i think this is kind of where i'm where i come from i appreciate solid research yeah because i don't think we have anything to be scared of yeah when when we have solid research the research that frustrates me you know is when we're basically doing research but we're just ignoring all these other things to kind of promote the idea you know um i would say even the uh, vaccines you know were a part of that we need to have this out we need to create this safety you know so we're going to push this stuff through and we're not we weren't necessarily given credibilities as some of these alternative issues that might be i'm not saying they are but you know we we can see there's some correlation yeah. between this so like you say that's i'm all in favor of solid research yeah. and, and like you say uberman labs i seem to you know i i appreciate what he's able to share in the context of the questions and mm-hmm. that kind of thing i think you know yeah it's it's solid stuff from my perspective yeah i mean from the yeah the two or whatever yeah who yeah. I, you know yeah, it's yeah. like i'm i'm certainly not gonna yeah. argue with what those guys are saying, you know, <laughs> yeah. they, they, you know, they use more, uh, what are those, you know, like, uh, labels, like yeah, the buzzwords. C- CNPR, JPDD, yeah. you know, and it's like, and they know what all that yeah. stands for. And yeah. it's like, if they say it out or it's like, okay, I might know one part of that, right. you know, and that, that sounds like, you know, <laughs> yeah. singlet and all that stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And Andrew Humerman is a professor at NYU or, or something. I don't remember. Uh, Stanford, it. isn't he? Sure. Stanford. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, anyway, the point is he's, he's a smart guy yeah. uh, and then he has on these, you know, world renowned scientists to talk about stuff. It's pretty, pretty cool. Um, but anyway, uh, the re one of the reasons I wanted to chat about it here is just because of the, maybe more of the theological side of it. And, Mm. um, in fact, um, there was a message, uh, at our church maybe Mm. six months ago or something. And uh, our pastor was just making the point about do whatever you need to do to get, you know, healthy Mm. from certain addictions. He said, if you, you know, I, I can't remember exactly what he said, but it was something about, 
um, do anything, do counseling or hypnotizing Mm. or whatever you need to do. Mm. And I think maybe it was a little tongue in cheek. I don't really know, but um, um, someone asked me about that. Like, what do you think about that? Yeah. Like what is that? That doesn't seem right. Why, you know, why Mm. would that be said from, you know, the pulpit kind of thing? And I was like, what do you do in circumstances like that? Which, which, when, which when people are asking you, because I think huh. I run into that myself. Yeah, you know, and I and I I'm gotcha. I'm all I'm I'm kind of it's like at what point you're able to express. I'm not trying to shift the subject, but no, it you know because I think in our day and age, in our you know, it's like people can't necessarily approach the pastor every time in every circumstance yeah. with you know. 1300 people in attendance you know yeah and so other people i find myself in that situation where it's yeah. like what do you think about that yeah and it's like you know it's an honest question yeah and it's interesting because like you say i might not always find myself in agreement but yeah well i mean i think about it like what you just shared about the milk right okay like out of all the podcast episodes, uh, 85 to be exact, have been released, <laughs> like, there's there's a good chance there's a lot of stuff in there that isn't quite accurate, right? Like, okay. But, but, but our goal isn't necessarily to be 100% accurate. In fact, we called it How I See It so that we don't have to be accurate. <laughs> That's our disclaimer. <laughs> our right? title is our disclaimer. That's right. Exactly. It's right in there. Um, joking aside, like, you know, we do our best, but... You know, make yeah, yeah. mistakes, word slips, whatever you want yeah. to say, you know. And yeah. I, remember, I remember the one that I keep bringing up about talking about homeschoolers and yeah. whatever that emotional, what was it? Intelligence. Uh, intelligence, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like how I, I've been, you know, eating those words ever since and that kind of thing. But that's like a perfect example of something that, you know, came out one way and didn't necessarily mean. And um, so, I, you know, that's, that's one perspective yeah. often Grant is like, well, I mean, we can't expect our pastor to be batting a thousand, you know, like yeah. he's not going to never say something wrong or slip or whatever. Sure. And so that's kind of number one, right? Exactly. Like, and then beyond that, it's about the specific thing. So in this case, I, I was like, well, I totally get his point And I agree mm. with this point, which is like, do what you have to do. Like think like that, like for me mm. being involved in CR for a long time, it's not until someone says, I'll do whatever it takes, that they're willing to do whatever it takes. You I know got what you. I mean? And, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that was kind of his point, is about being willing sure. to do whatever it takes. As to that exact thing about hypnotism, I mean, I think that's a very interesting interesting mm. question, and I had ac- actually just listened to this episode, Honey. you know, not, not too much long before that. I heard the same message. I didn't remember hearing that point. So to me, it didn't oh, okay. stand out as like... Yeah, yeah you know, mind blowing or whatever. But I, I, I imagine for someone who has, you know, maybe heard about or read about, or, you know, has a particular bent theologically that it's wrong for many, you know, for sure. whatever reason that would be like, Doing! you know, it'd stand right out in the message. Uh, yeah. So I, I understand that. Um, and this person sent me a link to a got org, which generally I, I really respect that website. It's, it's yeah. really cool about tackling. I mean, it's kind of like, Kind of like what we try and do, tackling hard questions, polarizing sure. questions from a biblical perspective. Um, and so they're, you know, asking about hypnosis and they have their answer and it's very much hypnosis is wrong for, you know, one, two, three, four, five reasons. Yep. Um, all of which are good reasons, you know, I think, sure. I think it's a solid argument. Um, I came away from, from reading it. I mean, you, you briefly mentioned something about um, opening our mind to influence, right? Sure. Gateways. Yes. Gateway, gateways. Yeah, sure. that's good. And I, and I was thinking about some of those points sound exactly, if you didn't know they were talking about hypnotism, you, you could think about them talking about um, like catfishing, you know, catfishing, mm-hmm. right? Or mm-hmm. um, someone who's in the influence of somebody they shouldn't be mm-hmm. and how, you know, influential that can be and how they can basically change their brain to say, mm-hmm. You know, weird, creepy people like us are trustworthy and everyone else is not, you know, and kind sure. of some of that stuff that can happen. Right. And it made me think about how and, and, and of course, that you know, author of that article wouldn't argue that those are good situations either. I guess I was just saying, like, the way they described it didn't sound that different from other ways to be influenced that if you are not 
entering it with a wise mind and, and the desire, you know, yeah, in healthy desires, it can be really problematic. Sure. And I think even even as I, you know, uh, it's funny because you bring that up. It's like even as I was talking about research and you know and and smart people, you know, the whole and it's definitely the beginning of Romans. Maybe it's not Romans one, but you know where it talks about you know they they gave themselves over basically to intelligence. You know these mm-hmm. knowledgeable people, and they still did. You know they to a a depraved mind, if you yes. will. You follow me? And yeah. I, I'm I'm not. Yeah, I'm not at that point where I'm saying, you know, all all science is is all good. All research is all good. But I think we do have to be mindful or be aware um, that there are many things about I think there are many things about our body, about our mind body connection that we are really unaware of or have been unaware of. And so much, you know, research is being done in such a way that there is a greater awareness. And, and I'd still say some of these things, you know, like mindfulness, if you want to take it, you know, from a um, Eastern mysticism yeah. type perspective, yeah. you know, where, you know, I am emptying myself, right. you know, and the, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not for that, but mm-hmm. I, the, the process of mindfulness in being focused and even, I would even dare say, you know, um, some of what I do in a devotional you know, Christ centered devotion is part of mindfulness. Yes. My ability to get up at a certain time and have certain routines and certain structures. I believe that's mindfulness for me. You, uh, yeah, I feel like that's a good parallel, right? This idea. So meditation, right? Sure. It can go two directions. It can go to that Eastern meditation and empty your brain, that kind of thing. And it can go, you know, that's the term we often use in, in Christian circles to talk about, you know, quiet time or whatever. It's a kind of meditation or whatever. Sure. And the difference being, you know, trying to empty your brain versus trying to focus your brain. Yes. And I feel like that is a good correlation to this concept of hypnosis where, um, you know, kind of the stage of hypnosis is trying to reset your brain state so that I can get you to do something I want you to do. Yep. Where clinical hypnosis is this idea to... Uh, first, you start with focus, right? And it's sure. kind of similar to what you were saying about the ketamine therapy, where they kind of set up, yep. right? This the well, in ketamine therapy, you're actually given the the drug, yeah, yeah, which, yeah. which creates a, a gateway, yeah, that kind of thing. But yes, yeah, but, and this but, is essentially that, but without the drug, right? Exactly. But it's, it's basically, There's, you're trying, but it, but you were describing a setting up of an environment. Yep. To, to initiate a certain specific change. It's therapy. It's a, right. this attempt to reframe your thinking about a particular thing. Usually it's trauma, right? Like, sure. Or maybe phobias. a strong addiction or phobias. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um, and and this is very much in that vein, you know, according to what I understand from this. No, no. Um, where there's this setup, there's this focusing yep. of your efforts towards this one thing. Yes. And then that brain state, you know, you you get into the state where you're able to rethink things. And I thought that was pretty cool. But again, yeah, that correlation seemed to tie pretty well together. This idea of meditating for the sake of emptying your brain or meditating for the sake of focusing it. Yes. Similar, I think in the hypnosis thing, like if you're, if your attempt is just to empty your brain or, you know, I don't yeah. know. And, like, it, and I'll be honest in the got questions perspective, it's not that I disagreed with anything of that, but it definitely, and I'm, and I think it brings up, um, that, that context of hypnosable versus non-hypnosable, yeah. you know, hypnosable people will be able to have this connection of, if I, if I may say so without using the brain parts, you know, that there isn't this conflict, this inner brain conflict, you know, and that allows them to be hypnosed. Yeah. You know, to the to the point of being, you know, brought into this state where I'm open to this mm-hmm. gateway and then there's an influence that's provided mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, it's cool. Yeah, that's he he talked pretty much at length about hypnotizability, which is sure. yeah, which you're talking about and this idea that, you know, some there's uh 
a wide swath of yep. you know people and how hypnotizable they are and yep. some are some are very you know uh, uh, hypnotizable and some are not and sure you said that just has a lot to do with kind of your brain makeup and how you think about the kind of what you're saying the whether, conflict yeah mm-hmm. yeah the conflict whether you can disassociate you know competing idea you know whatever exactly yeah and um but yeah I, I, that, I think that's pretty interesting i think uh i'd be curious to know essentially i feel like a lot of times trauma can reframe our brain to think a certain way right like it's kind of, of a forcing of neural pathways to yep. be inserted into our brain that's an, an unhealthy pattern but it's it's due to this kind of sheer force of the brain through sure. trauma right experience like, yeah i like to think of it and this is how i think of it i tend to think of you know our brain we have these neural pathways okay and they're very similar to what i what i used to call a crick but yeah. it's actually a creek you know <laughs> these these smaller pathways okay well when when we experience trauma okay it's like a huge flood comes through mm. and now all those little individual creeks tributaries are in tributaries that, you yeah. know, just kind of meandered. Now there's this, this cutting force that has gone through and in many cases rewired those neural pathways. Yeah. So instead of having these individual, you know, tributaries that can kind of filter, you know, yeah. certain things out, you know, now we have this big river yeah. that's gone through and now it, it makes it seem as if everything is connected yeah. to that one thing Yeah, because we don't have these little parts that can kind of filter out where well, we went this way. We used to go this way, then that way, you know, now it's all one pathway. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's fascinating. Yeah. That's, that's the analogy good... that I would typically use. I like that analogy a lot. Yeah. So, yeah. And the goal of a lot of therapy is to to add nuance back in so that correct. you can, and that's, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy is about like, let's think through this thing and think about, right? Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, let's, let's process this river and sure. start to tease out these tributaries a little bit to yep. see if we can say, well, is this thing always in that same river? Exactly. No, sometimes it's not. So you can start to separate these strands back out. Yes. theoretically over and that was one of the things they said in this episode too like that's effective in that cognitive you know therapy of that sort they they said hypnotism is just a lot faster it's yes. essentially the same process just a lot faster which i thought was interesting but it's this idea that you can get someone into a state where they're more able to accept um these the suggestions right influence the influence yeah mm-hmm. and, and, if and the goal, again, yeah go ahead sorry if the goal of that influence is to, you know, address to those the specific trauma or whatever, it can be really, uh, you know, according to them and according to how hypnotizable you are, mm-hmm. it can be very effective in terms of just getting right to the root of the issue, teasing it out, working it out, doing it in a safe way. Sure. One of the things they mentioned is that um, when they... Pr- prep you for it they give you all the tools to be in control of it so you can turn it on you can turn it off and then essentially their goal is to make it something reproducible so whenever you need to like you know reframe your brain again because you feel like it's starting to go back to that river state you can enter that state of (laughs) hypnotism self you know whatever hypnotism to be able to kind of read go through these um you know the process of whatever it is and Mm -hmm. anyway I thought that was interesting. Uh, essentially, they're saying like it's a, it's a way to kind of uh, quickly, I guess, maybe short circuit the thing, the pro- the normal process. Yeah, sure. Which anytime you hear a shortcut, you know that's that can be a mm-hmm. uh, you should be weary of shortcuts for many reasons. Sure, know? but yeah, your thoughts. You no, know, that's what that's what, and I and I think you know, even the word therapy for years in general, you know, it's like. No. And I think, and I think what makes that difference is my viewpoint. And granted, you know, I was, I, I shifted. I'm not saying, you know, I mean, I remember, you know, seeing people staged in my personal life, you know, on a, you know, from a hypnotic standpoint, you know, I've, I've, I've experienced that, seen that, you know, and it's like, 
and I and I do feel uh, they talked about it in the uh, the podcast too. You know, I I think that's that that's irresponsible. You know, in some ways to use that, and I think. Go Can ahead. you explain that? You, you, you saw, you experienced what now? In other words, I've 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 seen hypnotists you've hired seen hired hypnotists come wow. into a oh yeah. Like yeah. you've been present for the experience. Yeah, I've been present for the experience. I've tell I've, me more. <laughs> well, it's like I said, you know, it's like you can take a grown, you know, fifty-year-old respectable individual and turn them into a laughing yeah. stock because every time you know you yeah. say a word, they'll cluck like a chicken. Was that the purpose? Like, what was the event that the the, the it was like a uh, a conference. Okay, you know, as part of yeah, uh, like a comedian or training or. Yeah. It For was your, like the evening entertainment or, you okay. know, like your, you know, your two o'clock break or whatever, okay. you know, when everybody's falling asleep, okay, yeah. you know, you bring in, you bring, <laughs> you bring in, in the, the keynote, tricks. you know, the, yeah. yeah, you bring in the, you know, yeah. the, the entertainment, yeah. if you will. Okay. I believe it was actually, Thank you. I believe it was actually like evening entertainment, like yeah. the, you know, the gala or whatever, yeah. you know? And so, you know, they take individuals, of course, that, you know, were actually, you know, managers or higher up people and put them on this stage yeah. and, you know, make them look like laughing stocks, yeah. which of course, from a, you know, a group mentality, yeah, it's yeah. like, yeah, we're all for yeah. this, you know, <laughs> put it to the man type stuff. But I, it wasn't, in, you know, it wasn't the podcast, you know, that they brought up, you know, sometimes, you know, in this process of staging and entertainment, of course, you know, we're we're putting people in this state but we're not always mindful of yeah. bringing them out yeah. and i thought you know that's I, I i'll be honest there was a lot of parallels in my perspective with what i do you know okay. and how and how being a being responsible for people's time taking them into a state yeah. because i believe therapy and yeah. hypnosis and other things does come back to the responsibility of the person to put safeguards in place. It yeah. has to be safe. Yes. Cause if it's not safe, nothing's going to yeah. change that kind of thing. Yeah. I, I like what you're saying about time and, and responsible for this essentially the session, because I, I think what you're getting at is this idea that you can, you could work them all up and get them all riled up right to the end of the session. Yep. And that's what they're leaving. So their brain is, you know, their state has been changed to be in this very irritable state and unwilling to, you know, maybe just com be confront, you know, yeah. whatever, kind of, kind of exactly. leaving in a, in a not great state. And yep. so you, you see it as your responsibility to kind of bring them into a, a place and then bring them back to yep. a, 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 yeah. It makes a lot of sense, which also makes a lot of sense, What you know, as far as what they're saying about um, short-circuiting some of that process to be able, okay, let's get right back to, yep. you know, the work and then get right back out of it, you know. Um, and I think that's yeah, interesting. And I think that's where, you know, they mentioned, uh, well, you mentioned it as far as, you know, we all have different schemas, you know, as far as what one word may mean to you is far different than what it may money, for example, yeah. you know, what does that mean? When I say the word money alone, what does that say to you, you know, versus what it means to me? And likely we're going to view that very differently. Well, it, they, they mentioned the, you know, the one lady who had been part of a stage dynamic yeah. and, you know, she was supposed to hold a little bird yeah. You know, and she saw herself as a uh, as a trophy wife who was the bird in the gilded cage. Yeah. And, you know, and that that state was never recognized and she wasn't transitioned out. And that's irresponsible in my yeah. part, you know, yeah. to be able to yeah. take someone to that state and then, you know, not be able to, you know, reprocess that state in mm -hmm. such a way that says, OK, we're coming back. Because I believe, you know, that's a that's a, a lot of what therapy is from my perspective is this exposure yes not yeah. not i'm not an exposure therapist but we're able to talk about things it has to be a safe environment for me to go into this mental state of feeling safe enough to talk about that traumatic experience mm -hmm. and i think what I, I think what hypnotism does in this clinical sense of hypnotism is it is able to get me into that state quicker and i think there again i think we have multiple not multiple but i think we have more 
gateways, as I refer to them, than just, you know, the cognitive behavioral thinking pathway, you know, I think there is a mindfulness type dynamic, you know, and I also, you know, like EMDR and, and these other and chemically induced, you know, gateways. I'm not, it's, yeah. it's funny because, and it, I go clear back, you know, not clear back. I'm not, but just in the research and this is, this is what makes it interesting is I believe this is how complex we are that some things work for some people that yeah. won't work for other people. Yeah. That's all there is to it. Yeah. And you know, um, I'm, I'm not sure I've mentioned it in here on the podcast, but there's a great book. Uh, Vander Kalk is his last name. Uh, Norwegian sounding kind of guy, but uh, the body keeps the score hmm. and he's probably done the most research compared to, or at least written so much on uh, the whole trauma experience. And, you know, he goes through this process and, uh, and this is kind of what connects it to hypnosis for me. He goes through the, and at the end of this book, he goes through all of the different dynamics that have been used to treat trauma because there just really isn't one cookie cutter size yeah. thing to be able to deal with trauma. And yes, you know, yoga works for some people. Mindfulness works for talk therapy works for some people, you know, but ultimately I think at the basis of all of it is this ability to recognize that I'm not just a, uh, a hand um i'm not just a, a body full of triggers yes you follow me yeah. i'm not i'm not re i don't have to You're react not a exactly i don't have to react to everything mm -hmm. and i'm able to learn and i would say this for even from a scriptural standpoint there would be i suppose you could you could shift it like most things, you can shift them into a non-scriptural perspective or a non-biblical perspective. But from my perspective, I don't have an issue. I One of the fruits of the spirit, mm -hmm. self-control. You follow me? In, yep. in that dynamic, I'm learning that when I experience that, and that we see that with phobias. Phobias would be a good yeah. example. You know, I see a snake. Well, is it healthy for me to have a reaction to a snake? Yes, probably so. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you know, now, and if I've been bitten by a dog, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. I'm, I'm going to, but is that to say all dogs are mean and nasty, yeah. you know, and they're going to bite me in the face? No. So, you know, that ability that I have, and, and I think that's where, as they were talking about the clinical hypnosis, it's able to take me to that point where I'm shifting my thoughts about that conflict that the dog represents pain right. and you know hospitalization for me yeah all dogs represent that mm -hmm. that creates a conflict and then being able to kind of have that exposure that says okay you know is every experience been this way and how would you interact you know is this the way you act, interact with everything that has hurt you mm -hmm. you know that it's like no Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I've been hurt by other people and, mm -hmm. or, you know, I've been hurt by, you know, sticks, but yeah, I still, you know, mm -hmm. stones yeah. and, you yeah. know. Yeah. And this is idea. I, um, I really like kind of what they're saying. They, they chat a little bit at one point about how, um, you know, we try to avoid pain and we try to mm -hmm. avoid any kind of, you know, stress. Sure. Right. And they're saying, well, stress is part of life and, and we have to learn how to deal with strife, not avoid it because you, you just can't. You can't avoid stress. So yeah. the more work you do at canceling everybody and, and creating a clean room of stress or whatever, yep. the more stressed you'll be. Like the more, exactly. you know, the, 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 every little thing will be that much more stressful. Yep. Um, and so they're, they use the term, or they reference a term called stress inoculation, yep. which is done in some studies with some chimps. Uh, this idea of taking them away from their mother for a bit of time, uh, a little bit a day would actually True. make... Two hours them, a day. Yep. Two hours a day. It would actually make them more uh, resilient to to stressors in the future. Uh, in the future, yeah. Yep. Um, which, Stress tolerance is basically yeah, yeah. But um, 
I like what they're saying. They're basically saying if you want to heal trauma, there's no way to heal it without going to it. Yeah. Without, you know, going back to that stressor and reexamining it. And and that's kind of the point of what you're saying, kind of the point of what they're saying is like, no matter what, that's what you got to do. Sure. Now, some people can do it through ketamine therapy. Some people, you know, mm-hmm. even you've heard of psilocybin, like mm-hmm. mushrooms, Shrooms. that kind of thing. Like that's, a, I've, I read this article about um, vets who come back and are, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. PTSD, depression, mm-hmm. you know, anger episodes, that kind of thing. And there's a clinic, I think in Mexico or something, obviously it's kind of shady, this shady gotcha. thing, right? Yep, crossing the border. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cause it's not legal here. You know, yep. at least in that, the way they were doing it, where they would go and they would do this psilocybin therapy, mm-hmm. um, and come back and, you know, be mm-hmm. able to live a normal life, that kind of thing. Um, there's that there's mm-hmm. hypnosis again, but the goal of all of these things, if done in a therapeutic, you know, mm-hmm session is this attempt to take you right back to that trauma and start to peel apart these tributaries again mm-hmm. right so you're in the room what what was it like uh what you know mm-hmm. and describing the situation um, but if you're in this the whole thing with again what i understand about hypnosis is all right we're going to do this thing here's here's how you're in control like mm-hmm. you're going to look at it you're going to enter the state and you're going to look at the screen on your left the screen on your left is going to be the the trauma situation the screen on your right is going to be some buttons that you can mm-hmm. control it you know and so when you're you know when you reach a state where you're not comfortable you just hit this button to stop and then we'll pop mm-hmm. back out and we'll be in a safe place or whatever um and just the ability to project in your mind onto screens sure. just the ability to say it's not a real thing it's mm-hmm. this thing that's replaying in front of me that i can control sure allows you to go back into that memory and kind of rewind fast forward pause yep. you know and work through that and say now when this happened what what was the situation what and they use this one example of this lady who had uh, been assaulted and mm. she kind of came away from it as she zoomed into the situation and kind of relived it going wow it could have been way worse like he could have murdered me Mm. Um, and you know, the, the takeaway was, what did you find about that? You know, I think actually he didn't expect me to fight. Like, I think I was stronger than he thought it was. And Mm. I ended up being able to get out of that situation. And so the result of this therapy was to go back and go, you know, you're not as vulnerable as it made you feel like Mm. you were actually very strong in that situation and managed to escape or whatever it was. Mm. And that allowed her to start reframing some of those insecurities to say, you know, I'm yep. pretty strong and, you know, I don't know. It's kind of an interesting uh, situation that they set up. But I like this idea of creating the safe construct to then go into the thing. Sure. Because from my understanding and from our conversation, just, mm-hmm. you know, there's no other way to deal with trauma but to deal with it. Like to go to it and sure. work through it, tease yep. it apart. Is that? No, it's and it's, it's interesting because I, I think and um. I'm talking at times, you know, as as we're talking, I'm thinking, you know, I use the terminology gateways and so on and so forth. But, you know, I would dare say, you know, sex and sexuality, you know, or basically our God-given design to be able to have sex as another way, another gateway of influence, if you mm-hmm. will. And I think, you know, so often it is when it's used out of context that, you know, it becomes damaging. Yeah. But in God's design for it, it's very, you know, comforting. It's very, you know, it, it builds relationship bonding. bonding. Yes. Yeah. There's a design for it. Yeah. And I think sometimes, you know, yeah. that's, that's what, mm. you know, in that process and think when you, when we even think of the word uh, charisma or someone who's charismatic, you know, we can think of, you know, Jim Jones or somebody like that who, or Dave Koresh, who, you know, led many people away, you know, and, you know, to a, in, in an occult type dynamic, you know, cause that, I think that would be one thing that most cult leaders would have, mm-hmm. you know, but you can take someone else who like, like Jimmy Evans or somebody who just has a passion for marriage or somebody like that and, and leads multiple people in a, in a, 
in a godly, you know, biblical direction, doesn't have to maintain that following for a false sense of pride, but yet they have a following, you know, people have a following who's the, who, um, Olstein, you know, he has a following, you know, and I think, you know, so we have to be careful from my perspective about saying, oh, that's that, that's, Mm. that's of the occult, you know, Mm. charisma, that's all, you know, people who are charismatic just lead people astray. Huh? Not always, you mm-hmm. know, we all, we all know. And well, your, your mentor was a very charismatic, you know, as mm-hmm. you described Keith yeah. in that process, yeah. you know, someone who could lead people granted, maybe he was, he didn't deal with his own pride issues of self, but yet it's not that what he did didn't have an impact for yeah. the kingdom either. Yeah. You know, and I think that's where I come from kind of with this, you know, it's, it's the brick or it's the money thing. You know, we can want to shift quickly to, you know, money's the root of all evil. Well, no, the love of money is the root of all evil, Mm -hmm. you know, and a brick can be used to be pitched through a window, but yet it can also build, you know, up schools and educational facilities, you know, that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. It's and that that's how I see so much of what you know part of what God has given us in these different gateways to be able to shift that yeah. influence in some ways. Yeah. And and it's and and here again, uh, I'm I'm just thinking of it as, as I was going through that. It's it's not about me in this process, but I would dare say I have my you know, mindfulness practices, like, um, the, the one that came to mind for me is, um, there's no, no secret. I'll take naps sometimes, you know, in, in my office in the process of a day, if I have a break or something. And it's like, I've been able to go to sleep, you know, three times in seven minutes before, just because I can go to sleep that quickly. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a dream might wake me up or something, but, Part of my routine is I'll, I'll have a routine. I'll, I'll, I lay down in a certain way. I, you know, and, and then I start counting, you know, and that, that just basically gives me a single minded focus. I'm not saying, well, I got this client. What if my alarm doesn't go off? What if this, what, 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 what? all I'm doing is counting. And by the time I'm to 10, I'm typically asleep, mm-hmm. you know, because yeah. I'm not Which in that divided. Very similar to hypnosis. Right. In, in a lot of cases, yes. And like EMDR, you know, uh, eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. Whew. Nice oh. job. <laughs> yeah, well, like you say, it's a, or I sometimes get restructuring, but it's reprocessing. And basically, you know, that's that's another gateway, if you will. And, I th- they, you know, they mentioned it in there. But mm-hmm. I think it, it it's basically my ability to move my eyes back and forth in such a way. And, um, you know, it was, it was noticed by a lady who was walking through a park, you know, as the founder of that, that process. And, you know, it's like, and we have these abilities sometimes, you know, when we tend to look up to the left, you know, it kind of signifies part of our design. There's a purpose for that. There's like a conscious, you know, I'm, I'm tapping into my self-conscious when I'm looking up mm. either to the right or to the left. I don't have that part down. I'll be mm. honest with you, but our eyes do certain things, mm. you know, when we're processing, you yeah. know, and it's, and it's, you know, it's so that's another, if I, if I may say, you know, I'm using the term loosely a little bit this morning, but another gateway yeah. that we have to be able to be open to these processes of influence and mm-hmm. being able to minimize pain. It was that, yeah. that lady recognized that, you know, as she moved her eyes in a specific way, you know, and it had, and it had, uh, as I'm recalling a little more, it had something to do with the way the light was coming through through the trees. So if you think about it, some people, um, especially, um, seizures, people who are given to seizures, a strobing effect can bring on seizures for people. Yeah. You follow me. And that's what it was for her. It was like a sunset and passing through trees in this process. And she recognized she was moving her eyes in a certain way. And she suddenly recognized that she, what was once a painful thought or memory was had lost its significance. Hmm. So, you know, it's like, and, and from my perspective, that's not, 
you know, that's not seancing, that's not trans, you know, transcendental meditation, you know, I mean, it's just, that was an experience and it created an awareness and she looked to develop that in a way that helped other people find that relief from those painful memories as well. Yeah. And so granted, yeah. And, you know, the brick analogy is great, right? Every tool can be used to hurt or to sure. you know, harm or to, to help. And, yep. you know, tear down, build up. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things I really enjoyed about this particular podcast episode was hearing this Dr. Spiegel kind of talk about how his life's work has been about trying to figure out the best mm. way to help people. And he said, mm. this seems to be the best way. And mm. I really enjoy yeah. seeing this tool be used to help people. And um, yep. so that kind of helped. Uh, reframe the brick a little bit for me, right? To kind of hear that perspective and, yeah. oh, that tool can be used in that way and, and it's been effective in helping to build the house, right? Yeah. Like, um, so, yeah, I think we'll, we're definitely gonna, we'll link to these different resources. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, by questions. all means. Yeah, the podcast episode, you know. Um, yeah, and I would encourage any of you, you know, listeners, like, read the stuff, yeah. know, listen to the stuff, make your own, you know, kind of decisions and, yep. and, and thoughts on it. But um, just a very, it was very interesting to me to think about this. And all of this stuff really is anything, any, you mentioned gateway, right? Like, yeah. uh, any gateway to me is fascinating. I right? gotcha. This idea where yeah. you're telling me I can get kind of sh- like short circuit this process to get yep. to this uh, brain change and the thing is i know brain change is possible and i know that there are long pathways to get to that sure and that's celebrate recovery you know like yeah. if you're involved in a program like that for years and years you your brain will change for the better you no know it, when you're or or if you have a good you know quality group of friends and you meet regularly or you have a mastermind. You ever yep. heard that term like a business mastermind where you meet with other people in a similar business set you know sure and, and it's all at this goal to hold each other accountable, to learn and grow from each other. Yep. Anything like that is this attempt to, um, re- you know, reframe your brain pathways sure. to be more effective. You know, we can even look at that as the early church model coming yeah. to, coming together, yeah. small groups coming together. You know, with a positive word, you know, yep. a word of encouragement, a, a word from the, you know, or a, a song, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. It's church in general, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the hope, you know. Yep. And and as as a, I was thinking about, you know, as you were mentioning CR, you know, from my perspective, CR is a more complex hmm. dynamic. You follow me because you have the twelve steps. You know, you have this it's gathering, type yeah, yeah, that offer people tools to be able to implement in such a way on a on a complex dynamic, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's hurts, habits, or hangups. Mm-hmm. But I, th- I think about it so often, and I, um, I tend to think about things somewhat in a fundamental way. And um, the breathing was another one that yeah. came to mind, you know, because yep. breathing for, exercise. Yeah, yeah. For me, that's a fundamental, mm-hmm. you know, to where when I, exp- because that's a God given, you know, auto automatic nervous system type thing to be able to say once that I'm, I'm, I'm floating down that river again and I'm feeling all these things from a somatic, you know, my body is feeling these things at a certain level. And it's like, I can still engage my prefrontal cortex in such a way that says, okay, I'm feeling this, but it doesn't have to be the same. Yeah. As it was. And I can, and I can start, you know, that diaphragmatic breathing that, that takes back the control of my body, you know, from my, um, prefrontal cortex, uh, primary, primary function, you know, I'm taking, I'm taking, um, um, bypassing my flight or fight mechanisms in such a way that I'm re-engaging mm. my body. I'm able to take that because like you say, my uh, primary function is strong because yeah. it's designed to keep me alive, but it's not real smart. Right. So fireworks and gunfire are very similar. Yeah. So I have to engage my prefrontal cortex to be able to decipher that difference. To tease them out, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so when I'm able to breathe, I'm mm. able to keep that function online mm. that says, okay, you know, this is 4th of July. This isn't 
Afghanistan again. Yeah. You follow me? Yep. And I think that's and that's hmm. and I think that's part of that hypnosis when I can go to that state and um and I think it like you're saying it bypasses in such a way that I can get that influence quicker mm-hmm. and yeah I can still maintain a certain level of self control mm-hmm. you know not that we're all in control mm-hmm. you know what I mean because yeah. control can have a negative context yeah. just like any other word if yeah. it if it goes too far if I have to think that I'm God and I yeah. maintain ultimate control, when then rip, I'm going when too I far. I the reins away and say, these are mine. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 No, yeah. That's, yeah, it's really all good stuff. That, it makes me think of something that's been really front of mind. And actually that's a, that's a pun for about what I'm about to say. But like, <laughs> uh, I've been talking about this recently a lot, specifically um, in regards to some conversations with some friends I have, um, you know, I, I work with sexual addiction a lot, right? Mm-hmm. And that's something in my background. So I like I, I I work with others to try and work through that. And there's this one concept that we that we call bouncing eyes. Okay. <laughs> and it's this idea that um you know instead of keep fixating on a woman as she walks through the door, mm-hmm. maybe she's you know scantily clad or whatever. Instead of fixating on that, like bounce. You know. Sure. Oh, I notice. I move on. Right. Yep. Uh, but the big kind of the premise behind that from my perspective is bringing something from the subconscious up into the consciousness. Agreed. So it's kind of re- taking it from the primary function of ooh, sex need it, you know, yep. into this front, this uh, frontal cortex area yep. where I go, yeah, but that's, that's, that's a woman. I respect her. I don't, yep. you know, that's not, she's not mine to have. Yep. She's I not have, a possession. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. She's not even an object. She's a human being. She has, yep. a, a, she has parents. She might have kid. you know, like just, yep bringing it up into the, the consciousness instead of leaving it. And I feel like so much of addiction and, and problematic behavior is because it's left in the subconscious. So a lot sure. of the work of recovery is like, let's let's bump it up into the consciousness. Yep. So let's be focused on this thing instead of not thinking about this thing. And that's why there's so much uh, repetitive behavior in recovery and sure. you know, consistent environments, consistent people, places, things that you do is 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 to keep this thing up in the yep. in the frontal cortex instead of letting it fall back to primary functions of like that thing solves my needs I need more yep. you know um, and I I don't know just, for some reason that's come up in conversations like several times in the past couple of weeks that so made me think of that but yeah. this idea of like separating it you know bring it up out of the self subconscious to be sure. able to actually operate on it. Yep. To be able to think about it, roll it around in your hand, like I'm I'm holding my hands in front of me, right? This is the idea in front of me. I can look at it, I can turn it, I can move it, I can do what I need to do with it yep. instead of just letting it control me subconsciously. Um, and yeah. I feel like that's a lot of what these gateways allow you to do, mm-hmm. is like take this thing from that primary side of just flight or flight yeah subconscious and bring it up into the consciousness where you can hold it in your hand roll it around look at it um in in some ways in a short-circuited fashion where you know holding that thing in your hand might you you might be like i can't do that it's gonna burn my hands or whatever it's just like this like fear you can kind of jump into that in a in a expedited form whether it's through chemically or hypnosis or whatever to where you now you're Mm -hmm. able to operate with it safely yeah and I think it's interesting because I'll, I'll what you're talking about in the subconscious, you know, I'll typically identify those as files. Mm. In other words, we have a multitude of files in our subconscious that we typically, when someone asks us a question or we're posed with a conflict, will we typically? Well, it's around eight seconds. The average is about eight seconds. Most decisions, we have about seven to ten seconds to be able to formulize a decision. And so often our tendency is to not even bring it so much to the, to the conscious. We leave it in the, we, we just make that decision based on those prior files of family, sex, you know, whatever, you know, we need Mm -hmm. to combine, I pull it out of those files to be able to make that decision. And it's just funny because, you know, when you think about eight seconds, eight seconds can be a long time if you're riding a bull. Yeah. You know, but it can be an instant if yeah. you're trying to, you know, if you're just following a habit. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So I like that what and you're eight saying. Eight seconds that, is the the upper limit, right? 
So probably most things we pull from the cash and we move on. And oh yeah, that's what I'm instant, saying. But right? we have, we still have seven to ten seconds, give or take, you know, eight seconds to make a different decision in that process. Mm. When we have that to, in order to bring it from the subconscious to the conscious, we still have like, like on TV, we have that eight second delay or whatever to be able to say, no, I'm not going to do that. And that's just a conscious decision and being able to make that Mm. in such a way that gives me a level of self-control can make all the difference. So if I, reframe what you're saying or or Mm -hmm. try and understand a little bit more essentially if i struggle with a compulsive behavior Mm -hmm. uh maybe one one particular tool to use is say whenever you have a compulsion to do that thing Mm -hmm. think about it for eight seconds or ten go for ten just before i do that seconds and if you still gotta have that Mm -hmm. cookie well you know whatever but if you can every single time you have a compulsion you give it that 10 second yep focused thought right do i need it can i wait can i wait you know 20 minutes you know go through the 10 seconds is a long time to think about all the things and at the end if you're like no i gotta have it well help yourself but if you can get you know if if in the course of that you're I feel like it's a good tool is that kind of yeah yeah no doubt and then i think too you know in this process not getting frustrated with ourselves yeah you know i think you know well i shouldn't have done that I, you know that i'm i'm terrible i shouldn't yeah. you know that thought came to my mind mm-hmm. here again i'm yeah we need uh, to do an episode on shame yeah versus, have we done i think we have <laughs> it seems like we have <laughs> Sometimes it's 85, <laughs> 85th episode this yeah. week. So at this point, you got to, you got to understand it's, it's hard to remember more. But at, anyway, the, at I, the same sorry. time, I'm, I'm thinking about it in that context of, you know, how things come to my mind and I have the ability to process it. I have to have the ability to take my thoughts captive, self-control, those kind of things when I'm able to engage that. And that's where, um, <clears throat> In some ways, I don't have an issue, you know, with a physical exercise of like yoga. Yeah. Because I think it, it it's another form of being able to exercise a level of self-control that what I wasn't able to do, I didn't have this flexibility before, you know, now I've basically worked on it and now I have this ability and that's just a from my perspective, a healthy form of self-control. Yeah. And when I can exercise that, then I'm able to apply that to other areas of my life as well. Yeah. It's, it's like learning how to, yeah, it's like a safe way to learn how to reprogram. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm being able to recognize that even though in that circumstance like when you mentioned the woman you know who was you know experienced sexual abuse that kind of thing you know it's a matter of that relearning you know that i may not have had control in that situation full control i didn't may not have had a hundred percent yeah but i had certain controls yeah and i'm able to see that better yeah and i'm able to recognize that in life i still have certain controls and i'm working to you know increase those controls yeah that that are available to me yeah and we just <clears throat> recently had an episode on the serenity prayer right yeah yeah um and that's a you know while you're talking about control the mm-hmm. other half of this equation is where we don't and learning the difference and yes. i feel like that's where we get stuck because it is important to know when you don't have control. Yep. Right. And it's, and it's, and there's something to be said for accepting that as well. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So we don't have to retease the serenity prayer, but I do, I do think that's a, as much as we talk about needing to learn control over those behaviors, mm-hmm. it's also important to understand what you don't have control over. You don't have control over someone else's behavior, for yep. instance. And so, you know, that's where codependence needs some reprogramming to be able to say, no, nope, I can't, you know, I can't make that person do what I want to make them do. Right. No matter what my behavior is, even if I get them to do what I'm trying to make them do, it's going to be based on my efforts, not their own, you know? And so like, yeah, understanding the difference between what I have control over and what I don't is, is a pretty important skill to have, um, 
But yeah. And as I was thinking about what you were saying too, I think, you know, that, that scripture about, um, you know, all, everything's permissible. You're playing my guitar. I'm playing your guitar chair. by turning your chair. And I, and I, it's like, where did that tone come from? <laughs> I don't now know, I know. The, you'll hear that, but if you do, you'll understand. <laughs> yeah. But uh, in that process of, you know, everything except, um, how, how's that going? Yeah, I, I, everything the, the, is permissible, but not everything, everything is, is beneficial. beneficial yeah. yeah. And I and I think about that. I, I would extend that to all of our listeners who may disagree on the topic of hip, hypnosis. Mm-hmm. If it's not, Something, you know, I'm not saying everybody needs to do it by any means, but, you know, if it's something that you feel is wrong, you know, that's okay. Yeah. And for you, it is wrong at that point. Yeah. You know, and I, you know, I think that's, that's part of how I see it and being able to recognize, okay, as I learn though, that there are differences between, you know, what I've experienced or what I think, I think, you know, there's something to be said for that awareness that says, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm this, this that has less conflict in my mind. Not that I'm accepting all things, but I'm willing to filter yeah. in such a way that says, okay, God, yeah. I can talk with you about this subject yeah. and, you know, yeah. anything that I can talk with God about is healthy from my perspective, That's right. you know, right. that awareness there's no subject off limits with him. Yeah. Yeah. Which is very, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Cause yeah. if there is something that I can't talk with God about, it's right. probably not beneficial. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Uh, you, James four seventeen says, remember to sin to know what you ought to do and then not to do it. And sure. vice versa to, to know you shouldn't do something and then to do it. So I think that applies here in the sense like, yeah, yeah, we're not encouraging anyone to do something that they don't believe is right but it's it's definitely an opportunity to kind of think about these things from a um maybe a more healthy perspective instead of the traditional stage mm-hmm. version mm-hmm. um to be able to think about it from a yeah potentially offering help to people who need help yeah nope that's uh that's uh well, i guess what we desire to do that's right is offer the ability to offer help in such a way that says hey this is this is something we're aware of, and we might as well talk about it because right. it can seem to be polarizing at times. Yep. Yeah. Because that's how we see it. That's how we see it. Hey, thank you for listening to our podcast. If you like how I see it, please do all the things that podcasts tell you to do. Subscribe, rate, review, follow us, uh, and or talk nicely about us on social media. If you want to reach out, the email is us at howiseeit.click. Yep, I said dot click, as in dot C-L-I-C-K. Please tell your friends about this show, and we'll see you on the next one.